girl. I'm Sarah. And I'm Sam, punching into the clock for <laughs> 9 to 5. <laughs> Welcome to 4 Movies. We are still covering the 1980 comedies that um, we're on our second, it's the second highest Hollywood grossing comedy of 1980. Yes, and actually I think I might have them out of sequence because I double. Ch- I was trying to double check the order and I think they might be out of order, but it's fine. It's your we're birthday just- week. We're, we're curating it to our liking out of the four that we, that are on the chart. So it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and um, plus you wanted it for your birthday week. So I yeah, can't really Happy birthday to me. Deal with it, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Jane Fonda. I can talk about Jane Fonda. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And Dolly Parton. And Dolly Parton. And mm-hmm. Lily Tomlin, who's mm-hmm. like amazing. Yeah. But they're, they're all amazing. <laughs> They're all amazing. Okay. Did you, off the top, did you want to start it off with anything? Um, off the top, I have not had time to listen to all of my errors yet, but <laughs> I'm sure I will have some in the future. <laughs> it's okay. If we get an audience that listens far back enough, maybe they can correct us. True. Yes. <laughs> please, please correct us, but be nice about it. Just be super polite like you're correcting your grandmother for saying something mildly offensive. Let's be real, it's the internet. We're going to get a bunch of well actuallys. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how does. Um, where does a mansplainer get their water from? Where? From a well actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my joke. I don't know where I heard that, though. But it also leads into 9 to 5. Yes. With um, office politics and very uh, well, sexist policies and. Very big evidence of glass ceiling in this. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Just a mm. lot of harassment. Yep. That lots is. of abuse. <laughs> lots of crimes in this movie, too. Lots of criminal activity. <laughs> yes. Uh, and a great score. It what is. What more could you possibly want? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, I'll start us off with uh, going through the movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we open up with a montage of working women mm-hmm. on a typical morning of their busy day going through the city they're waking up to their alarm clocks they're grabbing coffee they're hailing cabs and even though apparently um okay we're already going off but <laughs> shortly before we started recording sam asked me where was this filmed because he thought it was chicago Maybe? Yeah, or I thought that was it was like, like Chicago, like that's, well, the, uh, the montage anyways. Right, yeah, so I, I mean, I just assumed New York City for the montage, because I was like, oh, busy, metropolitan, and that's where, I've watched this movie before, and that's where I always assumed it, that it was set, Yeah. <laughs> but apparently it takes place, it seems to take place in Los Angeles, is what I was reading, and I was like, huh, I mean, I guess, Yeah. but that's not really, it could be like anywhere USA, really. But right. the opening montage is from down is from mostly downtown San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Well, yeah, I wouldn't recognize it. It's just kind of like no, me either. Never yeah, been. I I always assumed it was mostly Chicago because a lot of movies in the 1980s were based in Chicago. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of movies still are. I guess yeah. <laughs> Chicago has its moments. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently L.A. But I mean, I think it's supposed to be ambiguous enough to be like anyone's office. Right. Yeah. It does have, like, later in the movie, like, Hart's um, house. It kind of looks like Californian-ish. Yeah, that's true. That's that's kind of like... That's in Bel Air. That's that's in Bel Air. That one is, yeah. So you know where it's kind of... Rittier, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that intro, that montage is uh, so... I had a big smile on my face the whole time because it was typical 80s montage. Yeah. Like, just, like, getting coffee, going to work, and all this stuff. Waking the hustle up. and bustle. Yeah. Set to Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, which is an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, like, that kind of... Um, like, the, I mean, that, that opens the film and is, like, the title song um, that Parton wrote. But then Charles Fox composed the rest of the score. Okay. So all that kind of like, you know, jazzy, like, yeah. Especially that really just, I find just accentuates the scene, the comedy and the humor and the scenery so much. It really does. It's almost like, especially like in one scene in particular where it's like really rushed and like really like high suspense, it's like that score really adds to the comedy of the whole situation. So he did a really great job with. Um, accentuating everything with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So then after this, uh, Judy is our main lead, Jane Fonda, uh, uh, sorry, Jane Fonda, yeah. one of them, uh, is, has this new job at the office that we're going to be spending the rest of the comedy um, in and around. And she's being trained by Violet, who is Lily Tomlin. Yes. Yes, Lily Tomlin. And she's just going, you know, showing her around, like, um, the main office. And the main office looks really drab and gray, you know, kind of oppressive. Mm-hmm. And she's looking, I'm sorry. And then Roz, one of the kind of other antagonists of the <laughs> office, comes around and, and was talking with uh, Violet saying, you know, like, you need to remove this from your desk because... Yeah. Uh, an office that looks efficient is efficient. And she lists everything that her whole section <laughs> is doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just stopped, looked around at my desk, and I just saw like coffee cups and everything. And I was like, ah, it's, we're getting this done. It's efficient. <laughs> <laughs> it's passable. Okay, Roz. <laughs> but yeah, Roz is a, like a total tight ass and yeah. just <laughs> um, awful and Mr. Hart's little spy. And, uh, She's, like, intentionally sneaky. Like, at first you think she's just opportunistic, but then you find out she's, like, actually sneaky later on. And she's, like, yeah, she is the office spy. Yes. Like, that little, yeah. um, I always get reminded of Randall from Recess. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Except Mr. Roz, or Mr. Roz, oh my gosh. <laughs> Roz is totally in love with Mr. Hart, though. Like, yeah, oh yeah, she loves him, like, yeah. Fully. And, and in the musical adaptation of this that, that that now exists in the world, which is amazing, I got to see it this year really? in London's West End before COVID shut everything down. Um, and I'm going to get you to guess, this is kind of off topic, but I'm going to get you to guess who played the boss. Think 80s TV star. 80s and 90s TV star. 80s and 90s TV star. Oh, give it another hint. Is he uh, English, American? American. Okay. Yes. Uh, known for American television, for sure. I don't know if he's from oh. America. Burt Reynolds? No. No? By close. Give two more guesses. Ah. Mm, Tom Selleck. No. <laughs> but you're getting your... Okay. Try again. One really more. close. Okay. Uh, Will Smith. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. It's David Hasselhoff. Oh, it is. Hasselhoff. Really? <laughs> no yes. way. I'm so sorry you didn't get it. I was like, dang, I this is gonna be awkward if he doesn't. And <laughs> nothing, just listen to. We can edit it out. Oh, no, fine. I threw Will Smith in there as a last ditch effort. <laughs> um, um, also, a great 80s and 90s television mm-hmm. star. But everything. Yeah. We're on that here. And everybody in the office is, like, really fake happy, like, fake office happy. Oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, and about Roz's character in the musical, she was, like, a total, like, she stole the show. She has this number, like, expressing her undying love for Mr. Hart. <laughs> and it is so good. And the uh, the, the actor who did it was just amazing. I would so, love to see it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, if it comes back around when we can do stage things again, mm-hmm. let's do it. But yes, Roz chatting with the gals, yeah. telling them everything she's doing wrong. Yeah, yeah. giving them uh, a memo saying, oh, you know, you need to stick this somewhere. And then Violet responds, I know just where to stick it. And then we end up uh, meeting the boss, Hart, after this. And they were talking, She's ta- he's talking with uh, Violet, correct, after this? Yes. Well, well, he's talking to, to Judy and to Violet. To, yes, to, he's talking to Judy and to Violet. he's meeting Judy. Yes. Okay, now I know where. So then we get to meet the boss after this. Um, Judy and Violet go into his office, and it's Hart. So first thing, you know, he's talking about teamwork, and he's like, you never got a chance to play sports. You don't know what teamwork is. Blatantly sexist. Yes. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, I like to be close to my girls. And there's all, like, female workforce. There's um, hardly any um, Yeah, there's, like, a a few, like... Like male like mm-hmm. workers that you see in the background and everything, and then there's the um, the guy who gets promoted. Yes, that um, who over Violet right, right after this. Yeah. So so, yeah. so there's him too, mm-hmm. and then the the higher ups are all men. Yes, 
which is typical of 80s um, business structure, I'd imagine. And a lot of modern day yeah. business structures, too, I imagine. <laughs> uh, and we get to introduce the Dora Lee, which is Dolly Parton's uh, character right after this. Mm-hmm. And can I just say that um, her green sequin dress in this? <laughs> Do you love it? It was really her style. I, I wrote down something about the sequin, um, like, shawl thing as yeah. well. That's so funny. It's like, I knew Sarah would want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> our, our fashion moment. Actually, like, all the outfits in this are fabulous. Like, later on, L- Lily Tomlin has on that, like, fire red tra- trench coat with mm-hmm. the fire red, like, pants and shirt on underneath it. And it's just all matching. Oh, like the pantsuit and, like, with the trench coat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with, yeah, with little, and it's, like, bright and, uh. Yeah, the 80s fashion is great. <laughs> Bigger it. shoulders. O- oversized yeah. lenses everywhere. Mm-hmm. Lots of sweaters. That, that's one thing in the 80s. If you go back and you look at women's pantsuits, the soldier shoulders were always accentuated out more mm-hmm. to match um, male shoulder structure because males typically have wider shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the business world, they saw that as a you know subtle way to you know yeah avoid sexism yeah, it was a it was a statement piece for sure it i was, think yeah. i always thought like um maybe this was just me making this up because i don't know anything about fashion but it, that, <laughs> i could be i'm probably totally wrong too but uh, i always thought it was like to um give that hourglass like to offset your hips oh okay do you yeah. know what i mean in the like appearance because then you could cinch your waist with a like, you know how in the 80s they had all those belts? To yes, the big, big belts. And then the um, the shoulder pads, it was like a, almost a triangle mm-hmm. and hourglass at the bottom. Huh. I never thought of but it that maybe, way. But maybe that's wrong, too. Maybe that's too... Maybe it was for, like, a oh, like power suit kind of thing. Yeah. Do we know anybody in fashion? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I could probably ask, ask a few people. We'll follow up on that. that we can yeah. correct that next week. <laughs> Thank goodness. Something to correct. Finally. Finally. I mean, we can't be right all the time. <laughs> and then um, we get back into uh, with Dora Lee. She's introduced. Um, sorry. Judy's still getting introduced to the workplace. And then. She meets Margaret. Yes, my Margaret. My favorite character. Add <laughs> a girl. Yeah. Add a girl. Who's just. Um, you can tell like she's like almost dead inside but she's like just showing up to work every day um well she's an alcoholic yeah she's an alcoholic (laughs) (laughs) which is later confirmed whenever she's sneaking drinks out of her locker yes yeah Yeah, and then just judy is getting used to the workplace and that there's a lot of gossip going around with dora lee because she's his uh heart secretary so they think oh maybe he's uh she's his mistress and and then we get another scene after this where she goes into his office and he st- gives her a gift, you know, asks her to turn around. And she, like, he really acts out of... Um, he's sexually harassing yeah, he's her always, just straight up. Yeah. <laughs> I need to really stop trying to downplay this. <laughs> yeah, and I know. He's straight, he's, he's straight up sexually harassing her. Well, one thing, actually, it's interesting that you say, I don't want to downplay this because I was reading the kind of, you know, summary of the critical response on Wikipedia for this movie. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch, there were like all these, all these critics that it was listing. Um, there was like, you know, a couple of critics who gave it good reviews and then it listed like four or five that were like, oh, like this movie isn't serious enough. It's too stupid like whatever kind of weight it has mm-hmm. is like it, it doesn't hold because it doesn't get darker it just gets lighter kind of thing and then i thought yes um all male critics except for one i don't know was unnamed <laughs> but i was like to me like being sexually harassed by your boss that's pretty dark also they mm-hmm. steal a fucking body later like how darker yeah. do you want to get and i was just like clearly there's just a disconnect there because they cannot relate to how like to how awful it is to watch someone sexually harass someone else. Like, Mm -hmm. they just, like, can they not relate to that? Like, I don't know, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, anyways, that's something that I noticed in the critical response. I was like, come on. Mm -hmm. But But you're right. Whenever, like, they steal the body later. Sorry, spoilers. And um, (laughs) We're going to spoil it anyways. (laughs) 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So then they say it isn't serious but it is has black comedy moments where it's kind of like really dark and uh but it's funny but that's the point of comedy is just to point out absurdities and hold the mirror to society right so 
Absolutely. If you can, and just because it doesn't it. go past certain lines, that doesn't mean that it's not you know valid. Like that right. pissed me off. I'm sure there's plenty of other um, workplace dramas that you know tackle that subject really seriously, but w- mm-hmm. for to go after it for not going heavily enough, you know, it it's a comedy. Yeah, right? exactly. So. No, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then she comes out of the office with the scarf, right? And then they say, oh, it's paid for services, paid off services. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, just gossip, gossip, gossip. And then we get another scene where it's just a little, like, kind of really cool scene. where, um, But, like, with the, the papers that go, start flying oh everywhere. Oh, my gosh. I, J- Jane Fonda is really good at physical comedy, I, I find. She was, I like, really like getting, really. like, the paper. I felt that panic. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's been moments where I've, like, had a job before where, you like, you feel that panic. You're like, oh, no, like, I'm so new. Like, what the hell is going yeah, on? Yeah, and now it's out of my control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But then Hart comes in, yells at her, and she goes back to her apartment, and her ex shows up. This is Judy mm-hmm. and gives her this final like divorce papers. So, you know, and then he goes back to his car, which he has his new girlfriend in with the yeah. hot rod. And then uh, the next scene is back to work. And this is where we see Rod. I'm uh, sorry. What's her name? Judy. No. Um, oh, um, Margaret. Yes. We see Margaret <laughs> <laughs> taking a drink and say, oh, it's for medicinal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um judy like when she's punching in says i feel like i was just here a minute ago and, and the person next to her is like yeah you get used to it after a while kind of thing <laughs> and i was just like that's so relatable everyone who's had a job mm-hmm. that they're doing just to get by knows exactly just to meet ends meet and then mm-hmm. just to kind of living paycheck to paycheck just going in going in going in right yeah. and, and especially if you work a job that you hate right oh, so gosh yeah um, so, and whenever she returns back to work, um, she denies lunch with Dora Lee because they're like yeah. rumors of association and everything. So she doesn't want to kind of get that. And sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say in this scene, um, Violet's shoulder attachment for the phone mm-hmm. is so cool. I love it. How, how she rests it on her shoulder and it's like holding the phone to her, her ear for yeah. her. I know that you used to have those. I used to like see them, but, mm-hmm. um, what's really fun about doing this series this month and this movie specifically is seeing all of the obsolete t- technology. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, she's showing her around the desk, um, when the movie opens and, um, She's like, okay, here's your typewriter, your dictaphone, yes. and your telephone kind of thing. And it's like, and then she has that um, index, like ro- Rolodex Yeah, thing Rolodex. That she breaks. And like, just seeing all those things, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a true like time capsule. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to like see all of the old stuff going on and everyone's smoking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you got to think of like all that equipment is now shrunken down into like a laptop. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really cool to see that how much desk space they needed for all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's it was it's so fascinating. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, we get to see Hart and Violet talk in their office and um, Hart is rejecting Violet's ideas. But then in the next scene, he's using them to like get up on the ladder. Yes. Yeah. Um, wait, but first, oh. you missed Doralee's line where she's like, they treat me like a bastard at a family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, she, she has some really good one-liners in this. She does. Dolly Parton. And like, yeah. um, uh, it was her first movie role, too. Oh, so. really? She does a really good job for yeah. her first role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's just so charming. She is. She really <laughs> it really translates onto screen as like just a nice bubbly character. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if like she... Did she have any prior acting experience? Like, I know this is her first film, but, like, did she do anything? I, I'm i not too sure, actually. Maybe. I, I mean, she was a performer, right? Yeah, so she probably right. had some kind of yeah. experience. Stage performer, right? Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. with direction and everything. So, huh. And then, but Violet loses the promotion yes. after this. Um, they say, oh, it needs a, it needs a man in this position. Uh, that was who's who's reasoning the higher up of heart, right? Mm-hmm. That said that, and well, like that's what heart says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And then there, I forget what in between here. Could you kind of take it well, to so, the point that um, Dolly Parton is yelling at Hart? Yeah. So, so what happens um, is the following day, like after Dora Lee is in her apartment, the following day um, is when Violet has the whole like idea stolen from mm-hmm. her and then Hart takes credit for it. And she goes, no, we're going down with that when the elevator shuts kind yes. of thing. And then it cuts to that evening at Violet's home with her son. Yes. And that's when her son in the garage gives her the joint. That's in my notes, slip it in my purse. That's yes, what I so forgot. No, just purse. slip it in my purse. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, he, he has like the whole, like, she doesn't understand moderation, which mm-hmm. I liked. <laughs> Um, but, and then the following day we find out that Violet's promotion has been given to an employee that's male. That's like, that she trained. Yeah. She trained him <laughs> she, like less experience, less years. Yeah. And she's like four years senior or something. Well, like five years senior. Yeah. And, and she had trained Hart too, I think. Yes. Which is what she said at the beginning. So she's been like waiting on this and it hasn't happened. Um, 12 years, I think. She's yeah. The company. So again, that real glass ceiling thing, like, oh, you can, you can go up, but like, you know, we're going to hold you down. There. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hold you down. You can see where you want to go, but we can't go past it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Um, and so he, uh, you know, starts telling her that she's overreacting, like, sorry, they need a man in the company and he has like a college degree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Violet explodes at him and starts like shouting at him and says, um, or like, I'm, I'm not your, 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 you know, assistant or whatever. I'm not going to yeah. shop for your wife. Like, I'm not your wife. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not your mistress. That's, uh, Dora Lee that says to, that. To, to Dora Lee. Yes. Um, so once, um, Violet says that, then Dora Lee's like, what do you mean? That's right. And that's when, um, she reveals that Hart has been telling everyone in the office that he and Dora Lee have been having an affair when they have not. So, and that's whenever she takes a stand. And if you get a chance, watch this scene because her delivery on it sounds like a country song. Like sounds like the entire basis of a country song and just the way she delivers it. I love it. and respect. Mm-hmm. What does she say on, on the way out? Or no, wait, sorry. That's what Violet says is, um, but like the whole, I expect mm-hmm. to be treated with dignity and respect. But, um, whenever, uh, Dora Lee leaves the office and storms out, she says, and don't think I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then add a girl. Yeah. yeah so, gets <laughs> well, my, Margaret says that to Violet as she storms out and she's like, I'm going to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, "At a girl. <laughs> and then the other two girls follow suit to the bar after that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're talking, they're like, you know, ah, like they're just going over the problem, their problems with heart. And then it turns out that, um, uh, Violet pulls out a joint saying like, Oh, it, like slipped it in his purse. Mm. So then I'm guessing that in, um, last week's episode that you told us that there was controversial drug use. And I'm sure that this is the scene. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With them. I mean, it doesn't seem controversial like now, you know, yeah. but I mean, this was like right as Reagan was about to like, I think he was already president. Wasn't he? No, it might've still been Carter, but it was like right before yeah, yeah. changeover kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, so this is like very much war on drugs time. Mm-hmm. Um, where where pot was like almost gonna be legalized, but then that got totally messed up, and so it didn't happen. And then it was like a big swing in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, and so like you can see why it was controversial because it it shows it in just such a light light. Like they're all having so much fun. Like, yeah, it was like stuff. a great time for yeah. sure. Which I mean, yeah, <laughs> and they're you know they're they're smoking pot, they're laughing, Good laughing, <laughs> and this is where the scene. In particular, going forward, this is where the movie really sold me um, because I thought it was just going to be typical like office comedy dealing with that. But they also have three fantasy sequences during yes. this that took me out of it. I'm like, oh, this movie's good. <laughs> like that's this is the moment that really sold me that they're going over like, well, how would you take out Hart? And so the first one is Jane Fonda and the whole office is hunting heart yeah. in the office like it's all black and white and there's bloodhounds chasing them and then finally it cuts to Jane Fonda she has like a shotgun and that cool rifle flip that she does with yeah. it I was like yeah that was sick yeah that was really cool 
And so that she blows hearts away. They're, they're all laughing. And then they get another dream sequence where it's Dora Lee. And then she, it's like a Western. And she, she ends up like <laughs> lassoing him, hog tying him. And uh, then he ends up like on a spit. And, and sexually harassing him. Yes, and sexually We're harassing him. We're talking about that too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she gives him a taste of his own medicine, as it were. Mm-hmm. So like a role rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And the third one is violence. So, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I just saw the line. So when Doralee is getting like, like super aggressive with him to the point, it's like, it's not comfortable to watch mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but it's funny because of the context, I guess. Um, and anyways, Doralee's like, starts asking him about what, what kind of cologne he's wearing. And then he gets like visibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. because he's being sexually harassed. And, um, and uh, anyways, he, he just goes, Dead, yeah. and like kind of has this face and like like um is what's his name danby coleman he's yeah. so funny in this he is he does, <laughs> he does a does really well. good job in everything <laughs> that they throw him in like every situation yeah so in playing like a, a real scumbag but also in these uh, dream sequences playing like a really frightened guy running for his life right and entertaining yeah. like for sure he's got the the charisma to pull it off mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the third fantasy is violet's um Oh, oh yeah. Snow White. She's like a Snow White. She's yeah, like, she's ah, Snow White. And there's like the animated uh, cartoon characters, like the uh, the the animals, like the following woodland her creatures. Around. Yeah. <laughs> and she ends up like taking out uh, rat poison, putting it in his coffee. You know, he's doing the Snow White thing. Puts a spoon in, it melts. Well, it's like it's like poison out of a ring. Yes. In the fantasy, and the spoon melts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Hart ends up drinking the coffee. Steam shoots out of his ears. And like she's freed from captive, like all like the office workers are freed from captivity, like their chains break away. You're missing the best part where she launches them out of the window. Yes, of like the the high rise, <laughs> which is great. But like, cause right before there's that that line that they keep repeating in all the fantasies in some way or another. Um, in the first one, Jane Fonda says it to him. He's like. Why are you doing this? And she says, let's see if I can get this right, because I didn't r- write it down. <laughs> You're a lying, sexist, egotistical, cool. hypocritical pig or something like that. I think like that's that. it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and anyways, the announcer says it in, in um, Dora Lee's fantasy mm-hmm. when she's like hogtying him. Yeah, she's uh, hogtying him. He's like a rodeo uh, announcer yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> she's hogtying that uh, hypocritical, egotistical, oh. sexist pig. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the last one... Um, he asks, why are you doing the, this again? And then um, Violet says, why do you think? Yeah. And then he says, is it because I'm an egotistical, <laughs> hypocritical, sexist lying thing? <laughs> she goes, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> and then launches, <laughs> launches it. <laughs> That's like one of the best moments in the whole movie, for sure. Because yeah. the buildup is, is just like right there the whole time. And like the writing of this is... Fabulous. Mm-hmm. And um, Colin Higgins and Patricia Reinhardt. I might be getting that wrong. Reinhardt? Right here. I could just read what's in front of me. Maybe that will help. <laughs> Patricia Resnick. <laughs> Colin Higgins and Patricia Resnick. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah. the fantasies wrap mm-hmm. up then and they all laugh and they're like, oh, I wish. Kind yeah. Of like. And then again, they end it next day uh, back to work. Violet's making coffee because Hart always, I meant, missed to mention this, but Hart always makes her go get coffee. Like, because, you know, even though it isn't her job, yeah. she shouldn't be doing this because it's not part of her job. Mm-hmm. But he always demands her to get it. So, and he always wants sweeten, um, sweeten something, but. Sweet and skinny? Skinny sweet, and sweet. Skinny and sweet. That's, that's what it is. So he always wants skinny and sweet in, co- in his coffee. So she goes to make him coffee, but she accidentally grabs the rat poison box that looks exactly like it. And she's ranting about how awful he is. Yeah. <laughs> so then she, she pours it in, Violet um, delivers it, and she thinks that he drank it, actually, because, like, of his chair that always tilts back. Yeah. She thinks he, he took a sip while he did that, like she thinks he did. Yeah. But it turns out he fell back and hit his head instead. And... Um, one of my uh, favorite lines was, oh, skinny and sweet. It was probably poison anyways, like the skinny and sweet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he, he falls back in his chair and then they like 
Doralee finds him Mm -hmm. on the floor. The coffee's spilled. No one knows that he hasn't had any of the coffee. Yes. Everyone thinks that he has. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we get to the hospital, which is... And so they think that they know, like, they all arrive to the hospital. Like, Violet rushes there because they told her everything. And But it's, like, also that, like, cutaway gag where they they bring another person in and there's two detectives there talking about the other person, not Hart that's in the same room. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's our only eyewitness and everything. And, like, like, what was it? And poison. and Yeah. Yeah, it just so happens that he's been put in the same room as a man who is in the hospital because he's been poisoned. And then it's like, I'm a murderer. No, you're a murderess. What is it? <laughs> yeah, like? you know, she's, a, she's like, I'm a murderer. And, and then she's like, no, you're not. I'm a murderess. <laughs> and then she doesn't correct her. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then after this, this is like the dark moment that we were talking about. She's so panicked, Violet, that she takes the gurney that she thinks is heart, but it actually <laughs> isn't. <laughs> Glossing over one of the other best lines, <laughs> where okay, so anyways, they they just know that they they just think that he's in there and he's been poisoned. Mm-hmm. But then, oh wait, maybe we already said this, but the whole um, how is he, Doc? Oh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one got me. <laughs> just flat out. Yeah. I love it. And then that's when she's like, oh, oh my God. And she has the, those facial expressions mm-hmm. that are out of this world. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah. So, okay. But then she does take the gurney after this because she thinks it's hard. Because she sees the opportunity and yeah. she takes it. Yeah. And she's like going around in the hospital, like try, like takes a doctor's coat to pretend um, uh, to be like a doctor. To blend in. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, oh, what happened to him? Oh, too much coffee. and um then she's like talking to somebody i think it's in the elevator and she's like i'm a doctor i shouldn't be talking to you piss off (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah the the volunteer like stops her and asks her where the coffee shop is yeah and then she's like oh sorry i didn't realize you were a doctor (laughs) oh i'm a doctor (laughs) (laughs) piss off (laughs) (laughs) what the hell am i talking to you for um also there was hold up uh, the one moment in this scene, which just is so great, like Lily Tomlin's performance in this scene is amazing. But she does the whole. I, I rewound it. I, I rewound. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> rewound it and uh, watched it a few times because I couldn't stop laughing when she brings the body out. Because after she tells the volunteer to piss off, she mm-hmm. manages to discreetly make her way outside yeah. and goes to her car to put this body that she just stole from the hospital in <laughs> and she like pops open the trunk it's so unceremonious dumps the body in and then she just like kicks up the brake and yeets the, <laughs> the gurney like across the parking lot away from her car <laughs> and, like, got, get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah she's just like nope boom <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one was really good. <laughs> she doesn't even eat it in the like direction of the hospital. It's no. away from it, and, <laughs> and she like, uses like all of her force. Yeah, and like, what wouldn't you question? Like, you wouldn't question like a wheelchair in the parking lot. You'd hope somebody got up and finally got able to walk. But a gurney—that's kind of really <laughs> suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she she takes off with the body, but um, doesn't Judy and. Um, Doralee catch up with her at this point? Yeah, well. so they, like, because they, they had left to go see if they could find out more info about um, Hart. Mm-hmm. And then they see her as she's walking out with the body, and mm-hmm. that's when Doralee turns to, to Judy and says, I think she's lost it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they they run out to the car, and then she's like, yep, she's lost yeah. it when they find out that she's taken a body. <laughs> And so, they all think that it's Hearts and that Hearts dead. Mm-hmm. They like they have no idea either, and they take off with the the body, but they end up getting. Uh, sorry, no. They realize that it isn't Heart whenever they stop and like they take well, a they look at it. Well, they crash it, and yes. then they realize that it's not. Oh, Hart's yeah, she body. crashes it right, and she has yeah. to like fix it. Um, one of my favorite lines is, "What is the matter with you two? 
who is that? Like, whenever they realize they don't have the body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, once they fix it, they do get pulled over. And this cop scene is really great, too. Yes, it's so great. This, co- this cop pulls them over. And they're like, you know, freaking out. They're like, what are we going to do? We mm-hmm. literally have a body in the trunk. Like, we've now committed a crime. Yeah. Even if we didn't before kind of thing. Um, and so <laughs> this cop walks up to the window and is like, hey, can I see blah, blah, blah. And then Lily Tom, like, sorry, Violet says, why? Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. speeding or anything. And then he reveals that he's got, that they've got a burnt out taillight. Mm-hmm. And then um, says that it might be caused by a short in the trunk. Do, do you want to take a look? Yeah. And then um, Violet turns, she's like, do we want to take a look? <laughs> and that's when um, they have to think on their feet. And Dor- Doralee says, we don't have time. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of make up this thing about how they're both sick and mm-hmm. they have to get to the hospital. And thank goodness Violet still has the lab coat on. Right. And then Doralee's just like, she's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in unison, I remember this. It's like, she's sick. And she's like, I am. And then they turn like and in unison, unison say she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But then. So they managed to get back to the hospital. Wait, what's the... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. sorry. And, and then her, like, last line before speeding away from this cop, who then finds out sh- she's a doctor and mm-hmm. wants to give her a police escort, and they're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyways, she goes, I have, a dying w- I have a dying woman on my hands, and you want to look for a shortage in the trunk? And then she just, like, takes yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> but then they... I they guess get back to the hospital and they manage to get rid of the corpse and the one shot where they just it's in the bathroom and they just what they did is they put it into a wheelchair with the uh blanket over it and it's like an arm sticking out it's like all blue and everything and then the nurse comes in says it's the cleaning cleaning staff so like they should even be having to deal with this (laughs) (laughs) she says do you want to say you go ahead she says Hey, Bev, we got another stiff in the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another great one-liner from this, for sure. Uh, This movie's filled with them. (laughs) We got a stiff in the jaw. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Oh, yeah. Right, so uh, they're all shocked the next day whenever Hart is actually back and that he wasn't killed. They look like they've seen a ghost. Right, so then they've... They're talking about it in the bathroom and Roz is snitching and like doing her usual spy thing by like, you know, sitting on top of the toilet. Like, like, like right. you know, so her feet are yeah. even touching the floor, which is so, what like standing on it. They told um, Judy to check for mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. And she's like writing on toilet paper. She's writing on toilet paper. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> which is a, I, I love that detail. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she gets that back to Hart, who decides to use it really disgustingly as blackmail. So she ends up, uh, so, well, it's more of a blackmail to like sexual coercion, which is really disgusting. And oh, yeah. He yeah. says, you know, I'll blackmail you unless Doralee comes home with him. Yeah. And, but she ends up hogtying him after this because she's like <laughs> so, so mad. And yeah. it was really cool that, uh, what was it? Um, Somebody calls in. He's like, "Oh, he's a bit tied up at the moment." Yes, yeah. So they they say that to to Roz to to get her off their case. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's funny because with with Hart, he like doesn't perceive Doralee as a threat at first, mm-hmm. and so because of his sexism, he just allows her to tie him up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> what, what are you doing?" He's yeah. like, "Ooh, what are you doing?" Like he likes. He's like, "Ooh, what are you?" <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what are you doing? No, untie me." <laughs> Um, so that's pretty satisfying. Yeah. And she actually fires a gun at him, doesn't she? In this, that's Judy. Judy, Judy fires a gun because yeah. she like because she comes in and Dorley's freaking out. She has him tied up, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's gonna blackmail us!" Mm-hmm. And she finds Judy and Violet and asks and asks Judy to watch him, mm-hmm. and then he convinces Judy to untie him. Right, that's right. Because yeah. she's like, "Oh, if you untie me, I'll let you go," and like get off with this and Mm -hmm. I forget what leads up what makes her fire the weapon well he he just like yeah so he he convinces Judy to untie him because he's like it's it's so tight like this is all Mm -hmm. a misunderstanding yada 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 
And then he says, I won't tell anyone, just in time me, please. He immediately goes to, like, call someone and right. like, call for help. And then she says, I thought you said you weren't going to call anyone. And then he just turns to her and says, I lied. Yeah. And then that's whenever she fires And that's when she's to... like, don't leave. I have this gun pointed at you. And then he tries to leave anyway, so she shoots it. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. And then I, I tallied the list of the crimes so far. <laughs> so there's, well, tons of sexual harassment. Yeah. At this point, by heart, but by the girls, there's poisoning, uh, tying up somebody, roping, and kidnapping. Wait, but they didn't actually poison somebody. Right. That was almost accidental. That's true. So would that be considered manslaughter? It might be involuntary manslaughter if right. he drank it, but yes, he didn't drink but it. but he didn't drink it. So there's no crime. That's right. It, it's not attempted anything because it was accidental. Sarah's right? a lawyer. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Excuse me. I know I keep uh, saying that I was qualified as a biologist two weeks ago and, you know, a... Um, something else earlier in this episode <laughs> but uh i'm now a lawyer and let me tell you <laughs> about american crime law <laughs> or so, criminal law yeah, we have a really talented <laughs> <laughs> such a good lawyer no <laughs> sorry i'm not this is unqualified i'm not i'm not even supposed to be here <laughs> oh, God. Uh, i'm okay. referring to it as american crime law from now on <laughs> American you, ever, you ever watch? No. You, you ever watch that uh, TV show, Crime in Order? <laughs> <Ta -da. laughs> Wait, I, I just did it two different ways. It was the same thing that I meant to do. <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. And then there's firing a weapon, um, kidnapping a corpse. Is uh, firing a weapon a crime? I guess if it's not. Oh yeah. If like, it's not like it could be considered as attempted murder or mm -hmm. just you know threatening, pointing even while well, in Canada. Pointing a gun at somebody is a crime, like un, like unlawfully. Yes, that's right, yeah. Right, so like in any circumstances, like if you point a gun at somebody just like mm -hmm. that, it's a criminal charge, right? Yeah. Unloaded or loaded, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Interesting. Yeah, and I think just don't point guns at people, okay? <laughs> yeah. Right. So then, that's about all of the crimes so far. Uh, <laughs> so far, and then Hart has like. Sexual harassment, embezzlement, and maybe yeah. some other things. Embezzlement. Well, like, yeah, yeah that's what they find out. Yeah, like. later they find out that. <laughs> and then Dora Lee's line, um, after they they have him tied up, it's, I say we hire a bunch of wranglers to go upstairs and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, because they kidnap them. After the moment. Yes. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kidnap him and bring him to his house because his wife's away on a cruise. Yes. And they find out that this is whenever they find out um, the, the warehouse, you know, everything. Right. That, the Ajax uh, warehouse or whatever. Yeah. Yes, the Ajax warehouse. It's barren. He's just using it as kind of like a money laundering, I think. Mm -hmm. And the best part is whenever they're like, oh, what are we going to do with him? And then they decide to tie him up, but they tie him up with like, what is yeah. he wearing? Like the red vest. I so because they go to that like kind of hardware and sporting goods store, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I think it's like a life jacket thingy or like some kind of safety thing. Yeah, like I, a I don't know, vest. but it's just this hodgepodge thing of like you know this like kind of kink collar, yeah. like <laughs> kink collar um, <laughs> chains. So, yeah, so, some chains, a garage door opener. And that's attached to a retractable uh, wire. Yeah, like and that. then he's like hooked up with it with the, with a carabiner and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. And they have like the garage door opener, so if he like tries to do anything, that they click it and he goes <laughs> straight up to the ceiling. Yes. And this is where you're talking about like with the score, they really accentuate like the first time that they do it. Like, Absolutely. <sighs> <laughs> yes, harness. Oh man, yeah. In in the stage production, like the boss spends most of the second act like in wires. It's, he does. It's fucking so yeah. funny. Like they say, Dabney Coleman, they really put him through like everything, like tie him up and yeah. then have to be tied up. The they whole do movie. put him through a lot. You're right. Yeah. And then one of his lines is, uh, "For Christ's sake, don't you think I'll be missed at the office?" And <laughs> and after this, just one moment, because I stopped watching for this. <laughs> It's a tray leg. Oh, yeah. So we went through this that. This is like when Roz gets suspicious. 
Yes, so Roz gets suspicious, but they have four to six weeks to get that invoice for the warehouse mm-hmm. that proves he's like laundering money. Yes. And then they have to, because Roz is getting suspicious, they have to find a way to like send her away. And they come up with the idea of like a foreign office, like to go learn uh, foreign yeah, language. Yeah, a, a like language learning course or whatever. Yes, brought, done by the company. But she right, like and, paid for by the company. Yeah, and the way that they convince her is that uh, Doralee always signs his name, anyways, yeah. for every memo. So they type up a memo saying, "Hey, do you want like you should do this?" And then signed it. So then the next scene is that she's on a flight, yeah, to France, <laughs> yeah. just saying bonjour, bonjour, <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> That's what I should have said uh. at the top. No missed opportunities. <laughs> Dang it. Um, but. Yeah, the, and the, before Roz leaves, though, they have that moment where Doralee messes with her with the elevator. And, and and Roz is like, is Mr. R here? And Dora's like, oh, no, you just missed him. Actually, you might still be able to catch him. And, and she's like, hey, Judy, do you see Mr. Hart? And then Judy's just like, yes, I do. <laughs> and then they, they, like, make her chase him to the elevator, but he's not there. Yeah, he's just in the elevator. Yeah, and then it goes down. <laughs> But it's also, this is whenever they start to take over the office in place of Hart. But they tell everybody he's like kind of like on vacation, right? With his wife. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how they kind of cover it up. But they take over the office and you can see that they're boosting morale. They do a whole bunch of changes to the office, like a better salary, like equal pay for men and women, mm-hmm. daycare, uh, part-time hours, um, hiring. They hired back the woman that got fired yes. for disclosing her salary painting and then there's always like the suspicious guy walking around like taking notes taking notes yeah and during this like after this montage of like all the improvements to the office they cut back to Hart and he finds a file actually in his uh bathroom yeah like it was just tucked away that they missed Mm -hmm. when they cleared it all out and like they, they uh he starts getting through his restraints like starts to like kind of file through them mm-hmm Oh, yeah. And then during the time that he's like getting through his restraints, it's Judy's turn to watch him mm-hmm. and she's downstairs. But her ex-husband, Dick, shows up yeah, and explains like, oh, it didn't work out with my new girlfriend. I want to get back with you. Typical. Yeah. So but he gets through his restraints during this heart mm-hmm. and then like starts causing all sorts of noise, all sorts of noise. And she's like, what is that? So she goes to check and. She kind of recalls him. Yeah. Yeah. Like she ties him up a little bit first, right? Like. Yeah. Because she has to like temporarily like restrain him again. Yes. Um, So she ties him up by like the wrists and then takes uh, my favorite touch was out of the drawer. She takes the scarf that uh, he gave Doralee in the beginning and and shoves (laughs) it in his mouth to gag him. (laughs) And um, so then Dick opens the door because he's like, what's going on there? And he's like. So that's what you're into. You're into bondage. Yeah, and then he thinks, yeah, he accuses her of being into bondage. Which is, and then she goes along with it because it's better than saying, I kidnapped my boss. Yeah, she goes, that's right, all of it. I'm into everything. <laughs> I like the sex games, the bondage. <laughs> yeah, if I want to do M&Ms, <laughs> because she hears them say s and M. If I want to do M&Ms. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So she goes along with it, and then she ends up like finally finding the courage to like tell him off and, mm-hmm. and tell him to le- tells him to leave. Yes. So she she gets to have her moment of like liberation and totally rejects her husband because he's a dink. Yes, or yeah. Dick, aptly named. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um... Dink is his brother. <laughs> dink and Dick. <laughs> and um, Hart's wife actually gets back early, and she finds him, and he's kind of like. Oh, he's brushing his teeth and like. That's right. He yeah. walks out of the bathroom, um, with the with the toothbrush in his mouth and the full body suit still on. Mm-hmm. It, and, it's a funny scene, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but they get back and find out like um, Hart's wife uh, calls her from like an apartment or wherever she is, and like thanks. He her. he sends her to a hotel, yes. and she calls Dora Lee from the hotel to thank her. Right, and then she says, "Oh, thank you." you uh, Frank's really trying out this new rigorous exercise yeah. program. You should see it. And <laughs> so then they figure out like, oh crap, like he's 
probably doing something. He could be out of the restraints. He's steaming, yeah. But no, it's because like they're like, no, he isn't out of the restraints. I've been here like the whole night and he's still there. But then they figure out that he most likely made a call to the warehouse to fill it back up again. Mm-hmm. So that invoice was useless now to yeah, prove him wrong. Like their collateral against him is mm-hmm. yeah, gone. He ends up getting the upper hand and has uh, Dorley's uh, revolver. Yes. After this. That's right. And then he takes them back to the office, which it's during a working day too. Yeah. And he has them at gunpoint, like taking them through the office. Like it's obviously an abandoned floor, but mm-hmm. whenever they get up to the, like, the main level, you see all the changes that they've done to the office. Yeah. And it looks way more colorful, way more cheery, way more inclusive. More bur- busier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And more inclusive for sure. And more uh, productive. Mm-hmm. That's whenever they get to the office, Hart's saying like, oh, I'm going to put you three bitches in jail. And then he gets a call and it's actually the big, big boss above him. Yes. Yeah, that's coming down to see him. And he's like, and he gets all really panicked because there's always a bigger fish, right? So. And then he turns to Violet and says, and it says, Violet, you'll stand by me, won't you? Yeah. Or something like that. And it's just like, Ida. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually turns out that the guy w- was uh, taking notes for the big boss, like the guy that was you always saw. And it's yeah. uh, for Russell Tinsworthy, the main guy. And who was the, in actually... The chairman. Yes. Have you ever seen Dr. Strangelove? Yeah. On his side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was in that. I love it. That's right, eh? Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite lines from him in Dr. Strangelove is like, they have to like get quarters or something for the payphone. And he's like, well, why don't you just shoot? And we, we're going to cut this out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like, why don't we just shoot like the, um, the the cola machine and get it out? And he's like, you know, we're gonna, you're going to have to uh, answer to the right people if we do this. And he's like, well, who? The Coca-Cola company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we should do a Kubrick month. Mm -hmm. Peter Sellers month. Oh, yeah. I want to see his, one of his final movies being there. I haven't seen it. So good. It's so good. Yeah. I I watched it for the first time a few years ago and I was just like, like, it's just so like warm and like, oh, like. Does it feel good? Touching. Like kind of, it's, it's pretty like, like it's upsetting in Mm -hmm. some parts. But it's like touching, yeah. I I remember my other feel good movie as well. It's a uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a great movie mm-hmm. too. And um, was it Hart uh, was like whenever he finally Hart gets a bottle of Moet for uh, all of Violet's work. Yeah, so he starts and, taking and the girls. Like he starts story. taking credit for all the girls' accomplishments, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know what? I really want a man like you. We need you in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like uh, another role reversal again. Yeah. And then um, like the the chairman also goes um, like a, a whole little du- little speech about teamwork as well, mm-hmm. which is like Hart's um, speech to Judy at the beginning of the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of mirrors that. And he's like, Brazil? And... <laughs> Three years, right. yeah. But then they they're all celebrating in the office. Champagne. Doesn't Ross come in? Ross Ross comes back and she has like a, a beret on, <laughs> and then she walks in and goes and because she expects to see Mister Hart, yeah. And she sees the three women popping this bottle of champagne and celebrating that he's finally gone and you know mm-hmm. to Brazil for three years, um, and then she just goes, "Holy merd!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so her French only half worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it ends on like a really happy note. Like, you know, like whenever it ended, I'm like, oh, that's it. But then they had like the typical right, the credit little, like, titles and like explaining what happened. So Violet became yeah. uh, vice president in recognition of her ability to re- remain calm in a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Judy Burnley fell in love with and married the, the Xerox, Xerox representative. representative. <laughs> and Dorley Dorley Rhodes. Quick consolidated and became a country and western singer. Yeah, and then, and then Mr. Hart. Mr. Hart was Franklin Hart was abducted by a tribe of Amazons in the Brazilian jungle and was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. So it kind of all ties it up in a neat little bow. But I really enjoyed this one. It does. It, Me yeah. too. This is like like one of my favorites for sure. And uh, yeah, I I love it. I love um, like Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. 
like I, I know I know their careers separately. Mm-hmm. This is the only movie I had ever seen with them together, and I still haven't watched Grace and Frankie. I'm real behind on that pickup. They're up. together in that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they they're like this their their new show that they have together. Um, it's been around since 2015, yeah. and I have still not not I I've probably seen it. I've seen like advertisements, maybe one mm-hmm. episode, but um, but they're both hilarious. I'll probably like it when I watch it. <laughs> they have great chemistry together. Um, they have great chemistry. They're both so funny and. Some kind of relations that are interesting because this is like, like obviously, uh, Jane Fonda's like Hollywood royalty, mm-hmm. like daughter of Henry Fonda, um, sister of Peter Fonda. Um, she was in, you know, a bunch of movies before this. She became a sex symbol after Barbarella, mm-hmm. which Charles Fox, the composer, worked on as okay. well. So whenever I was like looking up their credits, I was like, interesting, they probably like worked together. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that. They're they're working together again here because they had collaborated well together and and then so Jane Jane Fonda had wanted to work with Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. um, because she really respected her and she was like I think her because Bruce Gilbert is like Lily's manager or business partner anyways Bruce Gilbert yeah. who produced it they were because like Jane Fonda had just started her production company which this is under. IPC Films, I think it's called. Insane um, so they... Sorry, no. <laughs> I, oh, I, IPC. ICP or IPC? What is it? Oh, I just had it on here, too. Wow, I took a lot of notes. <laughs> IPC. Okay. IPC. So that's Jane Fonda's company that she had started, like, shortly before the film. Oh, okay. So it, um, it, it was still new, and she had um, a friend who was telling her about this Sorry, a very old friend of hers that started an organization in Boston called nine to five, which was an association of women office workers. And so Jane Fonda had been like inspired by this. And as, do you know anything about her, her activism at all? No, but I do remember in the credits that they said, Oh, to all the working women in the workforce. Yeah. And I forget what else, uh, but did they credit nine to five, like that organization? I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I'm not too sure actually, but, um, that was just kind of like the concept. And then Jane Fonda wanted to make a drama about Mm -hmm. that, but she wanted to make it like a labor film and her politics are like, you know, all about like social justice, Mm -hmm. civil rights. So, um, she was in like a couple of other movies in the sixties that had to do with like labor movements. And like, she was in a a French movie about labor movements. Oh, really? And yeah, it was, um, a Jean-Luc Godard film, I think like a very, like, like a a political satire Mm -hmm. is what it is. So it was like pretty weird, pretty out there. (laughs) Um, but, oh, what's it called? Oh, I forget. (laughs) I could look it up. Anyways, it's well known. She, but she had a whole thing with like European directors known for, um, be, being political. Yeah. And so, I remember so she was that like, gonna make a labor film about working women and about the crap that women have to deal with mm-hmm. in the modern workforce kind of thing. And then, as kind of she was developing it, her and Bruce, who produced it and was a collaborator with Lily, got the idea to make it into, into a comedy. Mm. And that's when Lily Tomlin got on board and then Dolly Parton got on board and it was her first film role and they kind of went from there. Yeah. Yeah. But. Colin Higgins. So this is just a way to tie it up that I just happened to stumble mm-hmm. upon. So that's the relation there. So Charles Fox worked with Jane Fonda and Barbarella. Jane Fonda is obviously super well known, super active in Hollywood, and is like putting her kind of mark on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Colin Higgins, who did like Harold and Maude, if you've ever heard of that movie, yeah, that I remember that. So movie. he he wrote that, and he also wrote Silver Streak. Which is another Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder movie. Oh. Which is, we're watching Stir Crazy next week, which is Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder as well. And on top of that, Colin Higgins' only credited acting role, like film acting role, sorry, um, was in a a John Landis movie. Mm -hmm. And John Landis was the one who directed Kentucky Fried Movie for Zazz. Oh, who so are the directors back. from last week oh, for Airplane? That's so, so cool. So less than six degrees of separation from from both of those. I like six degrees is, of Kevin Bacon. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you ever heard of that of game too? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, no, oh my god, we can we can definitely tie one of these people back to Kevin Bacon. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, no, that's really cool because especially around this time in comedies, like I, like, 
thank you for doing that research. I have no idea that like, and, and there I just, were so like, many. I happened to stumble upon it right? because I was scrolling through all of their like credits. Oh, wow. <laughs> Otherwise I would have known, but yeah. Yeah. Because it's like so many connections to mm-hmm. that. Well, this is like, like, like it's Hollywood, right? So it, it feels like a very, it in a way is mm-hmm. a big community, but it's also quite small. Like there's a lot of the same people work collaborating together over and over again. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, there's bound to be some kind of intertwining somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like some directors and actors always work together or mm-hmm. some like writers always write together. Well, like exactly. look at Phil Lloyd and Christopher Miller. They've always written together. Like, uh, they did, um, like into the spider verse like a couple mm. other comedies okay. as well but they got their start in clone high actually remember that cartoon clone high i think so yeah oh my gosh throwback yeah so that's <laughs> like but it's again like you say it's a little community small bit but um obviously it's grown now well yeah and, and like like i mean there's still a lot of the same people working together of mm-hmm. course like but yeah so colin higgins uh unfortunately didn't get to like he has some unfinished scripts because he had an untimely death in the eighties. It was an oh. AIDS related death, oh. um, unfortunately. So that's too bad that we didn't get to see him finish his work. But yeah. they're unwritten scripts, so who knows? Maybe they'll be, be developed at some point. Mm-hmm. And oh wait, what's my other fun fact about Colin Higgins? Okay, he visited just because we're right near Montreal. Mm-hmm. He visited. He visited Expo sixty seven, and he saw the film exhibits there, and that's when he decided to learn about film. No kidding. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Oh, a little bit of a uh, Canadian throwback there. A L- little bit of home, homegrown, uh, homegrown facts there. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Um, I re- like I, I said that it was more cohesive, this one, than Airplane. Like, Airplane had its, like, jokes. Yeah. But this one had its structure, and it was really good. Yes. And the, the one-liners. And, uh, like, more of a satire, like, closer to exactly. having a... It had more of a point than... Yes, it had more sure. of a point than... Think of Airplane's point as much as a balloon. And this is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's parody. Just, yeah. It just laughs mm-hmm. all back and forth. But anyways, that was 9 to 5. We'll be back next week with... Stir, Stir Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, who am I? Uh, Gene Wilder or Richard Pryor? I don't know. Who do you want to be? I don't know. Well. We'll see. We'll make it up. Yeah. As we go along. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. (laughs)